Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, flying solo today, but we'll be back on Monday with Jeremy File to recap a huge weekend for sports in the state of Michigan. Uh, Michigan State going to play Iowa in a rematch, a game where well, Michigan State had a legitimate chance to win, and we'll break that down. And then Michigan playing Wisconsin in their first game back. Not pretty, and I'll explain why as we uh, move forward in this episode. But my co-host isn't here to bring up a certain word that he likes to bring up during every podcast, and that's culture. It's all about the culture. It's all about the culture change in East Lansing, according to Mel Tucker. Let me ask you this. A player on the team, Jaden Reed, it became known, got an OWI. He's 20 years old, so he's also a minor in possession. All right. He, he was underage. And not to say that that's the worst thing of all time. Look, everybody's had their fair share of stories, and I get that. There's a responsibility, though, when you come out and you are in the public eye. And that's something that he is. He was supposed to be the number one receiver throughout the course of the year. Um, obviously, that turned out to be Jalen Naylor. Um, and over after the first game against Rutgers, despite his fumbles, uh, he, he looked like he was going to fill that role, but then he pretty much disappeared for the rest of the season. They said it was handled in-house prior to the season. Now I get he's still fighting it. He's still fighting it, entered a plea of not guilty. And so I get that you kind of have to go through the process. But there is a zero tolerance policy in Ingham County as well. And when you sit there and you have a guy like Mel Tucker coming out and preaching, we're going to change the culture. And the record gets worse. You're losing more in-state recruits. And you are not entirely punishing this kid. I mean, I don't know um, how many extra, you know, sprints he had to run or whatever else is like a punishment. He didn't miss a game. And so you're, you're already in the hole when you're talking about a culture change and you're trying to compare it to D'Antonio's. Now, I get bad stuff happened. D'Antonio also got rid of four of his best players who are supposed to be a big help um, as he was winding down the end of his career. And Demetric Vance, Josh King, Austin Robertson, Donnie Corley. But we've talked about that, how Blackwell was the one who recruited them. There wasn't the same character vetting that was going on while Blackwell was heading up uh, some of these recruits. And obviously he told the kids to delete a video of, well, let's just say rather inappropriate actions interfering with the police investigation. And so D'Antonio, when people are saying, oh, well, he was falling off at the end. Yeah, he had to make some Big sacrifices, some big changes. People were upset as, uh, you know, the peak 
as the peak was near in regards to Michigan State's come up, people were upset that, oh, well, as long as he never gets these guys, you know, we're never going to be able to compete with the likes of Alabama. They just mopped the floor with us. And that's true, but D'Antonio built it on underrated guys with a chip on their shoulder and good character guys. And so he had to blow the whole thing up. And he did, and he started getting back to his roots. And he was unwilling to sacrifice that integrity for a national championship. And that's what everybody wanted in East Lansing. And he was unwilling to do that. And I applaud him for that. And that's why I'm still on the D'Antonio bandwagon. I'm not saying he buried the program. But when you come in here and you talk about a culture change, and you don't punish a kid for an incident as reckless as what Jaden Reed did, I'm not saying he should be kicked out of school. And there is a big difference between what Demetric Vance, Donnie Corley, Josh King did. There's a huge difference. Both of them could have had the similar results, though. Somebody could have been... Somebody could have died. There was definitely somebody seriously hurt in the Corley and King and Vance situation. Don't talk about a culture change when you're going to let a kid do something as stupid as that and you're not going to suspend him. Johnny Adams was one of the most locked-down cornerbacks... In the entire country as a junior. Fell off his senior year. Kind of took that Darrell Summers turn. But he was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire country. And Michigan State suspended him. For not one, not two, three games. Similar situation. Oh, and Johnny Adams was of age. So he was actually allowed legally to drink. Don't give me this bullcrap. About a culture change when the culture was fine. Bad incidents happened. You can't keep track of 115, 105 kids, whatever that number is. You can't keep track of that many kids. Kids are stupid. They're going to do stupid things. I did stupid things. You did stupid things. Don't feed me crap about a culture change when everything that has happened since D'Antonio left and you came in has gotten worse. Everything. The record? Worse. Certain players uh, playing? Worse. Jacob Panashuk was not as good this year as he was last year. Or this past season as he was the season before. You're playing players in the wrong position. You're bringing in guys who quit on the team. You're letting kids with OWIs get away with it. Don't feed me crap about a culture change when... The culture is not the issue right now. And that needs to be fixed. And I know Jeremy wants to get in on this, so we might sprinkle a little bit in on Monday, but we're going to be talking mostly basketball, and that's where we're turning our attention right now. Michigan. Look, one of the things that we've talked about, Michigan is playing Wisconsin on Sunday. That's not the team you want to play when you are coming back from a hiatus where, no, you can even practice. Forget playing games. You can even practice, man. We're talking about practice. You couldn't do it. 
And now you're going against an experienced team with a bunch of kids that, <laughs> look, their insurance is about to go down. Let's just say that. It's a very older team. A lot of time together. I think one of the kids is 26. Like, this is <laughs> this is a team of men. This is a team that has played together. It's not who you want to play. I was telling Jeremy before the show, uh, <laughs> if I'm if I'm Michigan, I would rather play Illinois. I would rather play, you know, a better team than Wisconsin than actually playing Wisconsin because Wisconsin has that senior leadership. They're tough. They're physical. You you just can't be ready for it. They don't do a lot of incredibly sexy things they don't press they don't do anything they run half court man sets but you that's not who you want to play you know because when you take that much time off and sure the kids do individual work your game's going to suffer a little bit because you can't do it as a team and i'm i know that they're practicing whatever but there's a difference between getting into a rhythm and then Taking a break, especially getting into the rhythm that Michigan did, then taking a break, and then having to come right back and having to play that team. Because you can't make mistakes, and Michigan's able to make mistakes. Their best player is a freshman. If you're going to make mistakes, it happens. And so that's not who you want to play. I don't like this matchup at all. Jeremy is 110% sold that Wisconsin's going to come out and they're going to beat Michigan. And I definitely understand why. Michigan's the better team. Michigan will do more in March. But that is not the team that you want to play your first game back coming off this. Maybe four or five games in, you'll be fine. That's not who you want to see. (coughs) Meanwhile, uh, Michigan State gets a rematch with Iowa. And look, there were some questionable calls, and we addressed that on the show right after. That Michigan State has also won two in a row for the first time in who knows how long. Not impressive wins. After after looking so good against Iowa. They didn't look good against Nebraska. They won. They looked good for a little bit against Penn State. They were able to hold on and they won. That's what matters right now. This is not a team that can sit there and afford to say... Oh, well, we didn't win this game in a sexy fashion. We didn't get any style points for it. That doesn't matter. They need wins. And with their schedule coming up, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be really tough to get a couple of these. And that's what they need to do. The good thing is, is you don't lose a ton of points for losing to teams in the Big Ten, especially the teams that you're going to face coming down the stretch. I mean, look at a team like Rutgers, you know. They were 15th. Michigan State beat them by 20. They beat them by 20. That's still their best win because after Rutgers lost five in a row, they're all of a sudden creeping back in the top 25. And then they turn around they lose by 30 to them. Like, this is a interesting team, to say the least, and we've talked about that, but... They're able to play well. They're they're able to play 
to where they can compete with Iowa and where they can run Rutgers off the floor. It's possible. We've seen it happen. They didn't show that. They showed it a little bit against Penn State for the first half. But, look, they held on and they won a must-win game because you cannot afford to lose these games. Like I said, uh, you're not going to lose a lot of points for losing to who they have left on the schedule. You could if you lost to Nebraska or if you lost to Penn State and you willed yourself to a win. Congratulations. You need it, but you need a couple ranked wins because, well, it doesn't cost a lot to lose to them. It's worth a lot if you beat them. Michigan State's got that opportunity, and they've got it against an Iowa team. Look, I don't think that this game is going to be anything like the last. I think Iowa's going to dominate Michigan State, and here's why. At the beginning of the game, Michigan State did really well. Then Iowa switched into a zone. They don't have those playmakers to run in the middle of their zone. Joey Hauser can't catch a ball. He can't catch it cleanly, so he can't turn and fire it where it needs to go. He can't be in the middle of the zone. You can't have any of your centers play in the middle of that thing. Aaron Henry, you could probably put in there, but you also need him outside for a shooter because he's your best player. Watts can't shoot. Lawyer needs to run point. Or Hogard needs to run point. And you don't want Hogard in the middle as a freshman. Gabe Brown is a shooter. He's not a playmaker like that. Hauser potentially can be, but he's not. Look, a lot a lot of people thought at the beginning of the year, Henry and Hauser were going to go pro. Henry still has that opportunity, I think. Hauser's not going anywhere. Hauser's going to come back next year, and like I've said, he's probably going to come off the bench. He would have to, especially if Aaron Henry comes back at least. If Aaron Henry comes back, Hauser's coming off the bench. Period. End of story. Because you're not going to bench Christie, you're not going to bench Bates. And Hauser's not going to play center. He's too soft. He's not going to play point guard. So I think that... Look, you need to do what you did last time. You need to run that same group out there. Bingham is your best center. I don't know if he hangs around next year. I kind of doubt he does. He's your best center, though. Tom Izzo's figured that out. Malik Hall is your best power for it. Joey Hauser at least figured that out for Izzo. And I love that lineup. I love it. I think Bingham's really inconsistent. But he does enough, and he turns away enough shots at the hoop, which is what Michigan State's had a really hard time defending. He turns away enough shots at the hoop where it almost doesn't matter how bad he plays because of how bad that center position's been. He'll still turn away a couple, at least because of his height. So I like Bingham. I like Hall at the four. Both Hall and Hauser looked a lot better in those roles. And eventually Hauser ended up going to the bench at the end of the game. And they let Hall finish it out. Hall was playing like a grown man the other night. He's a big reason Michigan State beat Penn State. So I like that. I I want to see Gabe Brown get a little more minutes. Obviously Henry has to play. 
Langford's come Langford's come a long way, and congratulations to him for jumping into that thousand point club. I I think that you know that's a club that a lot of people don't really care about. You know, you play for years, you're a star for two of them, whatever. Look to be go through what he's went through. I think it's absolutely huge, and he's played incredibly over the last few games. His shot's starting to fall. He's starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm. I'm hoping fatigue does not catch up to him because he does have to play a lot. And I'm not basing that off of uh, Izzo's comments about a shot against Iowa that fell short. Because, you know, that is what it is. Your shot fell short. You know, that's on Langford. That wasn't because Izzo played him too much. But that fatigue can wear on you throughout the course of a season. I don't think it can so much in a game like that. You can be tired, but I don't think it would beat you up the same way. So, congratulations to him. And he's obviously playing lights out. Uh, The point guard position, I think, is still in flux. I think Watts runs it really well coming off the bench. (laughs) It's so weird. Such an enigma. You know, we said when he's playing shooting guard, it's he's trying to play point. When he's playing point guard, he's trying to be a two. Uh, he, when he comes off the bench, he's an efficient point guard. He's an efficient backup point guard. So I think you got to roll with that, and then you pretty much have to still play that guessing game with Lawyer and Hogarth. But besides that, I, you've got this lineup as figured out as it's going to be. And so this is what you need to roll with. Like I said, I don't think it works against Iowa. I think Iowa has Michigan State's number, uh, especially when they're in their zone. And Michigan State's not able to push because Iowa is a really bad defensive team. They suck. They're, they're not going to win much in March. They've got, you know, the best player in the Big Ten, probably National Player of the Year. They're not going to win much in March. They got killer starters. They got a great bench. Not going to win in March. They can't play defense still. And I think that that's the one area where that's part of the reason why Michigan State looks so good. That's definitely part of the reason why Michigan State looks so good against them. But, you know, once they shifted to that zone, you know, look at the point differential. Look at the point differential after they switched that zone. It changed dramatically. I think it was a, like a 20-point swing. 15, something like that. So I, I was going to beat Michigan State, but Michigan State will still have those opportunities to get wins coming down the course of the rest of the season. We'll recap the Iowa game. Might talk a little bit about Jaden Reed. I know it's mostly, you know, we pretty much covered everything in regards to that Uh but I know File might want to add his two cents about the culture because, you know, that's his bread and butter. But And then we'll obviously talk about Michigan's first game back in who knows how long. As, uh, like I said, they play they play a team you don't want to play in your first game back. Period. But we'll cover all of that uh, Monday when we're back. Uh, quick turnaround for us. Uh, I know we took most of this week off, but there are a lot of things going on. Uh, I was on the... Uh, Flipside Sports Podcast, uh, recovering my Super Bowl bets, and uh, talking about some of the offseason stuff in the NFL. Big stuff, obviously, breaking today. You can hear that over there as well. But, 
in regards to what we care about on this show right now. Come on. Michigan, Michigan State, tough task over the weekend. Me and Fat will cover that and then might dip our toes into the Jaden Reed waters once again and, uh, you know, see what File thinks about that and see if he agrees with me. I'm gonna, like I said, uh, I covered my bets on the flip side. I'm gonna bet he agrees with me here. I think it's a pretty safe bet, but like I said, we'll talk about that on Monday. This is the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward.